It's a beautiful day and a fine time for healing. Podcast host Randy Fine, a narcissistic abuse expert and the author of the groundbreaking book Close Encounters of the Worst Kind and the captivating memoir Cliff Edge Road, invites you into her sanctuary, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. And now, here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Randy Fine. Oftentimes, we find it difficult to attain inner peace when the weight of the world's challenges render us feeling powerless like what's currently happening. What if our spirit teachers or angels could contact us directly to help us find our way? Would you listen? For the late Wilma Jean Jones, her teachers certainly did appear. The book written by today's special guest, Michael McAdams, An Angel Told Me So, reveals the messages and guidance his mom received directly from the spiritual realm for more than two decades. Her son, Michael McAdams, our guest, worked closely with his mother as these messages and teachings were dictated to her and has lovingly preserved them for spiritual seekers looking for guidance, direction, and support. An Angel Told Me So is the first book in a series of three volumes of messages and teachings dictated through Wilma Jean that offers proof of the existence of a spiritual realm. In sharing these messages, Wilma and Michael hope readers will find divine wisdom and comfort in these teachings and explore a spiritual connection with their own spirit teachers. By connecting with their own spirit teachers, angels, we can overcome challenges and truly realize we are not alone. Michael McAdams has felt a sense of destiny and purpose in his life. For his entire life, a lifelong seeker of truth, he has endeavored to reach out with an open mind to all sources available. Although he was brought up in the Pentecostal church, Michael has often felt, or always felt actually, more spiritual than religious. Um, and we're going to talk about um, the communication that came to him and um, this set of his own writings called The Spiritual Parchment Prince. We'll talk about that later on in the show. But I'm, sh- I'm sure you're excited to hear what Michael has to say. Good morning, Michael. Welcome. Hi, Randy. Thank you for having me on your show. It is my absolute pleasure. Uh, your mom was a very special lady. I have your book here, the, An Angel Told Me So. And your mom was a devout person um, and a very caring, loving person, very giving person, wasn't she? She was. And she she would do so much for so many, uh, but she was always receptive, always willing. You know, she would listen. I remember when I was young that she would be doing dishes just in the kitchen of our home. And she said that she would receive information, teachings in her mind. And she she would just listen as she was doing dishes. And when it got done, she would look around and say, well, that was really good. 
So she had, had received for the longest time. And my grandmother, who was called to the ministry when she was 30, I remember she said that she would receive sermons dictated to her mind that she would preach in church. And she would receive verses to songs. One of them's in the book that she received. Yeah, I that saw that. She would put to music. And I remember she would say that God had spoken to her heart and given her that information. And that's the perspective that most people who have a foundation of faith or religious upbringing would bring to the reception of this type of information. People who are more spiritual, they realize that we do have spirit guides, spirit teachers, master teachers that work with us, assigned to us, and that we are given this information that will lead and guide and direct our our choices in our lives. Yes, it's wonderful. You know, I'm one of those spiritual people that um, I'm very aware of um, having angels and spirit guides. I don't see them, I don't hear them, but I can um, I can download the information at times when I want to, or when I'm really I like passionate. That download. Usually, yeah, usually when I'm working with clients um, who are suffering from extreme abuse, um, I often give the right information that you know, I couldn't possibly know. So I work with that, and um, I'm really grateful for that. What struck me, and I think it's it's important to point out, I mean, there's a lot of things that struck me, but what I think is important to point out is that while um, you and Wilma, your mom, received so much guidance, the entities did not shield either of you from your problems. They were there to help guide you and get you through them. So, um, and, and the reason I'm bringing that up is because a lot of people think that prayer is going to remove problems from their life. And so can you speak to that? Because in my, my feeling is that when we have issues, we're supposed to work through them. They're not supposed to be eliminated through prayer. What is your feeling about that? I I agree with you. And the human soul, the human spirit, requires challenges. We need to be able to deal with things, overcome. And without those challenges, if everything was hunky-dory, if everything was easy and nothing ever went wrong, how could we ever learn? How could we ever build our character and learn to deal with what we're supposed to learn and deal with in this particular lifetime? And, you know, you wonder why, you know, you have children born to Bill Gates or Steven Spielberg who will want for nothing. Granted, they'll have their challenges, but, you know, that that type of wealth and connections makes things a lot easier. And then you have other children born to alcoholic fathers and drug-addicted mothers. You have children born in Iraq where the mother's taking her two kids to the market to get groceries and a suicide bomber blows himself up and either takes out the mother or takes out the children. Why are all of these different social stations and different areas of the earth that we can be born into? We could be born into communist China, North Korea, Venezuela. But we're born into situations and lives that that bring out the best in us if we're willing to strive to overcome and accomplish. And I believe that's our goal, our purpose, our assignment, our mission, is to deal with these things as we're giving them, given them. I completely agree with you. This is earth school, and it's not supposed to be easy. 
there's supposed to be joy and happiness, but it's not going to be easy because this is where we do the hard stuff. Um, so, in you know, your mom says that three extremely amazing occurrences um, became apparent as she received and recorded these dictated messages, which, by the way, she sat at a typewriter, right, and she would just type what was being told to her, right? Yeah, Wilma Jean, uh, when she was led to sit down and receive, she had set up a typewriter in her kitchen. Now, she had received and thought on a number of occasions, not only when she was young, but as, as she got older. And on the back cover of the book is a message that she received in thought. She was working around the kitchen one day, and these words started to come into her mind. And she picked up a piece of paper and pen. She had beautiful handwriting. And she received this message that she felt was confirmation that she should put these messages in a book. Uh, may I share that message with your audience? That would be wonderful. All right. Emptiness is part of fulfillment. Let your resources fill the void left so the distinction of your purpose can be found. Expression is always self-explanatory. Therefore, look inside and anchor all your beliefs beside those still waters that will take away your troubled view and renew your strength to recapture that which was lost but is now found to be adequate to pursue the course set before you. And as you reconcile your being to represent those qualities that have been left intact, God will see to it that although circumstances have been trying to say the least, your weariness will disappear as clouds once removed allow the sun to shine to dispel the gloom and darkness that has pervaded your countenance. And as once described before, a token of this presence will be deposited to your account and books recorded in his name. Beautiful. That was dictated in thought. But when she received these messages in sessions, as she was led to sit down and receive, she said that she would relax her mind, light a candle, say a prayer, because you are opening your mind. And she would see three or four words just float in and hang there in her mind. And they would not go away until she typed them. Once she typed those three or four words, they would just fade away. And three or four more would show up. This wasn't channeling. This wasn't automatic writing. She was taking dictation. Amazing. Amazing. So she said that these three um, amazing occurrences happened. And I thought this was really interesting to note. Um, these spirit teachers knew how much paper she had, and she said repeatedly on single-spaced, full-page uh, messages, they would place the last word in the bottom right-hand corner of the paper so tight, there was only room left to add the period. I think that's so funny. Um, and she said, of the over 225 single-spaced type pages of dictated messages and teachings received, Many of these messages are signed by the name of the spirit teacher or, te or teachers who presented this information. Um, but it wasn't given so much as a signature as a name presented at the end. Uh, and, and throughout your book, these change at times. Sometimes they're the same. And um, sometimes they end it with loving, you know, loving messages or they, they end it with something like, I love you or... You're loved, um, and sometimes it's just a name or initials. So usually when when this information is given 
to someone, such as your mom or you, uh, it's usually a group of entities that are speaking as one. So what was your feeling of who these um, these spiritual people were, spiritual entities were? You know, it was amazing to me, Randy, to see the various names and signatures as given as names from the different teachers that presented this information. And when she was led to sit down and receive, she would, in volume one of the book, she would receive a message for her and a message for me. It would take three to four hours receiving these messages, just three and four words at a time, to receive a message. Now, on my website, spiritspeaks.com, is a television interview that Wilma Jean gave in Cincinnati. Posted on that television interview is a sneak peek from volume two of the book, An Angel Told Me So. And this was the only time in 22 years we're in a session where Wilma Jean was led to sit down and receive. Two different spirit teachers moved in in the same session, gave two different messages, and signed two different names. And it was obvious that the second teacher was a different teacher than the first because the whole cadence and phrasing of the message was different. But a lot of the signatures, the teachers, repeatedly refer to themselves in first person. But they re- repeatedly refe- re- refer to themselves in plural form. We believe, we advise, uh, our view encompasses more than your view is allowed to comprehend. But many of the messages signed with a singular name, your loving guide, your loving spiritual teacher. Wilma has messages to her. One message was signed, your spiritual counterpart. I have messages to me that were signed, your spirit brothers, your spirit light. And then, like you said, there, as the years went on, sometimes an initials, an LZ, an LZ was given, and then later that became an El Zebedish. Nobody knows who these teachers are, but they are, uh, are on the other side working with us and working with anyone who is willing to ap- approach this information with an open mind. It's fascinating. So so there were more than one teacher. Um, so she was opening up and she was getting information from a variety of sources, right? So that's basically right. what was happening. And in the book, um, just to uh, explain to my listeners, uh, you alternate between the message given to your mom and given to you. So for every message that she that they gave Wilma, they then gave Michael, Correct. In a session, she would receive a message for her and a message for me in the same session. Now, as the years went on, in Volumes 2 and Volumes 3, a number of the messages were given to Wilma or for me, but many of the messages became general teachings, not necessarily addressed either Wilma Jean or myself, but would mention us within the message. But it's like, as the years continued, these spirit teachers started spreading the word on the other side. <laughs> and higher teachers started moving in, giving even deeper and more profound teachings. And it was obvious. I mean, you can just see the difference. Uh, as these messages, they became longer, deeper, um, just longer sentences. And they knew they had found a willing receptacle in Wilma Jean, and they didn't want to let it go. That's so amazing. That must have been so fascinating to um, to experience. 
And Wilma Jean has since passed, correct? True. Okay. Sorry, I'm sorry for your loss. Well, that's um, all right. It, it's been a while back. I like to think we're still working together. But people have asked if I ever really feel her presence, feel that she's working with me. And I, to be honest, I, I have not. I have not really felt a presence, although you know, I feel like she's proud of me and what I'm doing and trying to promote this work. But my sister, who's a flight attendant with Delta, uh, based out of Cincinnati, Ohio, she was in Orlando in a lay- on a layover. And she was walking from the hotel over to a restaurant through an industrial area. And she said she felt mother's presence just move in and be that close to her. And she said she heard the words in her mind, so this is what you do. <laughs> that's funny. So she was, was, was your sister funny. Was your sister doing that? Um, she started becoming a flight attendant after your mom passed? No, she had actually, uh, she has been a flight attendant from way back. Uh, she started with Eastern Airlines, was based out of Miami. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. And But she's now with, uh, you know, Delta, based out of Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, just based on that comment, so this is what you do. It's, <laughs> it sounds as if your mom um, had been observing and learning something new about her, but I guess not. It was just a well, message. And to just, and to just be there with her. Right. To just be there with her, but oh, the other well, thing I mean, that, that these, in itself, right, right. The other thing that these spirit teachers do is they repeatedly refer to their realm, their spiritual realm, as here. And one of the messages, the message that's posted on Wilma Jean's television interview on the website, was a short message, really profound, little more than a paragraph. But the next to the last line is the line that'll get you. And he says, there are others here who wish to make themselves known to you, so I will step aside for this time. My love and devotion follows you as you trot onward, but ever faithful to your goal. Now, my question is, who are the others and where is here? What do you mean there are others here? Where are you in relation to us? Right. Inquiring minds want to know. Right, and I don't know that that's something that can be explained because it's it's another dimension it's uh, a place where there's no space and time so it's really hard for us to comprehend that uh, she says in the beginning of the book also that um, you will never be given any information that you are not ready to hear that they have the spirits and angels have our best interests at heart and will always reveal what is intended to help and support us at the time it is given. I know um, I've heard people express that fear. You know, what if they tell me something I don't want to hear? So I think that's comforting. Oh, I agree. And whether you want to hear it or not is irrelevant. It's whatever you need to hear at the time that's given. And do, you know, were there sometimes messages that she received and she really didn't understand at the time? Not, not, um, not so much as didn't understand, but didn't, didn't really know how the, it would apply. Okay. These are the most close, personal, comforting messages and teachings that I have ever read. And I've read material like this for 30 years. I I call them messages and teachings, but they're really teaching messages. And you could do sermons from many of these messages. You, you could just teach a group 
from any one of these messages. And one of the the most amazing things to me is even though these messages in volume one were given to Wilma Jean and myself, it's like they're woven with a universal thread. And everyone who has read these messages have said, well, this sounds like what I'm dealing with. This sounds like they're talking to me. So I tell people when we get the book, Read each message once as it was given for Wilma Jean and and for myself. Then read that same message again as if it's being presented for you and see what hits. And it's amazing what hits. Hmm. Well, I'll have to go back and do that. There's um, somebody that's, I think, called in. I don't know if, if they want to ask you a question, but let's just check and see. I'd be welcome for that. Good morning. Welcome to A Fine Time for Healing. Did you have a question for Michael? Or are you just here to listen? Okay. Nobody. Okay, I guess they're just here to listen. All right. Um, I'm just... So it seemed that um, your mom was going through something and during this first version. I don't know if it started uh, at the beginning of the book or something that she went through. Um, did she find comfort in this in these messages? Uh, she did. She did. Wilma, Wilma, Jean, Wilma went through a divorce. I went through a divorce. And she was having a bit of a tough time in her marriage. Uh, her husband was not spiritual at all, was not religious, uh, didn't understand what she was dealing with and what she was receiving. I never really even took an interest in all of this, which to me is just, <laughs> I am just so thankful to be part of this and and to to see what can be received from the other side of this physical plane. I mean, you know, for thousands of years, man has asked, is there really a spiritual realm is there you know is there heaven is there anything on the other side of this physical plane and not only are these messages and teachings proof that a spiritual realm exists but here are communications in the form of these messages and teachings dictated word for word directly from the spirit teachers who inhabit the realm so you don't really have to wonder if there's a spiritual realm on the other side anymore it's just what your place is going to be in it once you get to graduate. There is no death. It's just graduation. And that's something that I've known, believed with all my heart um, for many years. And once you, can, once you understand that, which a lot of people are skeptical, but, oh, my gosh, I've had so many people on this podcast over the years. I've been doing this for um, 10, 10 years, and I've had over 500 guests, and I've had so many people who have confirmed this in many different ways. There is no doubt. Um, but once you can embrace that, that there is no death, that we go on and on, um, there's no fear to be had in life because the greatest fear we have is dying that something is going to kill us or hurt us in that way. So uh, it makes life so much easier to live when you can embrace that. Do you feel the same? Oh, I do. I do. That and the fact that from a religious perspective, you know, people have been told that, that 
based upon this blink of an eye existence that we live in this physical plane in the great scheme of things you know our our existence is is just a flash in <laughs> just a second in time that you're going to spend all eternity in either in eternal bliss or eternal punishment and even when i was young my uncle was a fiery pentecostal preacher and i was brought up in the church uh, my mother played piano for many of the church services and i told you that my grandmother was called to the ministry when she was 30 so but even then i i just had questions it just didn't sound right to me it didn't feel right even when i was young long before i got involved in any of of material like this uh so I just think that uh, you know people they you know just in case you're wrong I don't want to not believe <laughs> they're hedging their bets and that's fine they can do that but when you read information when you read these teachings and you see how personal these messages are and the interest that our own spirit teachers have in our lives and our choices our decisions I mean we're all a product of our choices you know, God has given us many gifts, and one of the gifts is that pesky little thing called free will. And we have the ability to accept or reject any advice, direction, or guidance that we receive. And you, you find people that either get involved with the wrong person, make a bad decision. I wouldn't buy that car if I were you. They buy it anyhow, and then they regret it later. Well, I knew I shouldn't have done that. I was told I shouldn't have done that, and I did it anyhow. So this will help us make better choices, better decisions, and allow us to realize that we're not alone. We're not alone at all. And we all have that innate ability, an ability that we're born with, to communicate with our own spirit guides, spirit teachers, angels, if that's your perspective. And we can be better for it. Excellent message. Excellent. Um, and what another thing that I noticed as I was reading through the book, um, <clears throat> a lot of the uh, speaks, you know, so to say, was um, guided towards her religious beliefs. So it was God was used, Christ was used, things like that. And I noticed that in other situations, they're not. And I have heard or read, or studied, I don't really know where I got it from, that we, whatever we believe here in the physical world, is really what we're embraced with in the hereafter. Do you have an opinion on that? I I have read that too and heard it. I think a lot of people are going to be surprised. Well, this is not what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> where's the pearly gates? Where's the, where's the uh, where's the crystal walls? You know, where's the fire and brimstone? This this is not at all what I thought it was going to be. And as far as the the teachings, they are given from a Christian perspective. But I believe it's because these spirit guides and spirit teachers, you know, report to a higher authority. Uh, you know, I report to God, if you will, and they offer these teachings and messages, not necessarily because Wilma Jean was was uh, you know came from a religious family, religious perspective, but because that's just the way it is. And when they talk about uh, 
there's there's one message um well the first message on her on my uh, on her website on my website her television interview the short message uh may i share this with your audience please all right uh this was the first message where the two spirit teachers moved in in the same session and he says there is a resurrection period through which man must travel in order to come into the realm of things godlike you are to consume and digest all that is given here as this comes from one highly qualified to meet the needs of this generation you are not the sole property of yourselves God still holds the everlasting command over your being, and in him must one take refuge. You are to be considered as one who has been stripped of all belongings and left to die by the wayside. In this manner, are you then open to any help that would be forthcoming? You are by your very nature ones who would depend on your own intellect to carry you through. However, by giving of your soul into the hands of God, do you prosper and develop more freely into that which denies the outcome of some situations, knowing full well that it is the hand of God leading and directing you so that you may arise victorious in the end? There is never a time when you will be without the Father nor his ever-loving approaches to see that you follow the path that directs you homeward. Take note that we say homeward, as your heavenly Father so resides in that vast, insurmountable environment of time and space, so shall ye abide in joint communication with him by the grace with which he covers you and by your ability to accept this grace and use it for your own development. There are others here who wish to make themselves known to you, so I will step aside for this time. My love and devotion follows you as you trod onward but ever faithful to your goal. That message was signed, Your Loving Guide. Mm, interesting. So in that message, though, <clears throat> it seems to, and, and I'm, I'm saying this because I know that not everybody um, believes that there's a God. They may believe that there's a source. They may believe it's the universe, whatever. Um, but these are very specific about him, the Father, um, which is what made me think this is more directed towards um, a biblical understanding of who our source is. And so not, you know, and um, in other teachings that I've read and other guests that I've heard uh, had come on with teachings, um, it's presented differently. A lot of times God is referred to as God, but not as a him. You know what I'm saying? So that's where that perspective of mine came from and, and that question came from. So this seems to be very um, directed towards, you know, that um, perspective of the divine. Well, I know what you mean. I know what you're saying. Uh, they do They do reference God uh, they do capitalize him and he and his as they refer to, to that. But um, many of the times, um, well, Edgar Casey was was uh, dealt. Uh, do you know the? Are you familiar with Edgar Casey? Very. He lived here in Dayton for a year and a half, mm-hmm. where I'm in Dayton, Ohio, and he was brought up Baptist, extremely religious, from a religious family. But casually, in a reading one time, 
the uh, source that was giving him this information mentioned a previous life from one of his patients. He had never even thought about it before. And I think reincarnation is something that we should all be open to. And if we believe that this blink of an eye existence that we live is just temporary and that we're here to learn and overcome, there are too many people that don't do that very well. <laughs> Putting it mildly, mm-hmm. they mess up. They, don't, they make bad choices, get involved with the wrong people, die young. Whether they, they live to be older, they, you know, a lot of people just never learn. Right. So who knows what, we're gonna, you know, what you're going to end up being born into in another life uh, to learn and try it again. Right, exactly, exactly. And there's no judgment over, you know, who does learn, who doesn't learn, how much more receptive we are, because we're all at different ages or stages of our um, spiritual development, our eternal development. And so, you know, and I think that's what accounts for the difference where some people get it, some people are awakened, some people come into this world awakened, um, you know, so we're all at different places. So, uh, wait, there's another caller. Let me just see. Let's check this one. All right. Hi. Um, are you calling to speak with Michael? I was listening to the show. I, I wasn't sure. Uh, just, you know, kind of listening. I don't know what format you do. If you, you know. There. Yeah, we're not doing any readings. Is Is that what you're asking? Yes. Okay. No, we're not going to be doing any readings today. But you're, I would love for you to stay and listen. So I'm going to put you back on hold. Okay. There's a lot okay. more <laughs> that you should know. Okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> there's a point in the book. It was September 1st, 1977, that she was not receiving messages, and they explain why this was happening. So I'd like you to share that. Uh, I don't. Can you refresh my memory on that? I'm okay. sorry, I don't have that there, okay. in front there of me. Okay. Re- there is a reason why you were not receiving a message. <clears throat> there is a great importance being put on your time, and you are being pressured by outside influences that are hampering your ability to freely concentrate on what we have for you. Keep this in mind that you are ever in our care, and we will not stop waiting for your call when we are needed. We are aware of your difficulties at this time, and we want to remind you that everything is being taken care of, and you will not have to depend upon other people for your source of support. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> so your mom was kind of I jammed remember up. That. She was well, jammed up. Well, I remember up. that. Yeah. That was, at, was going a, at a time when when she was having problems in her marriage. Uh, she didn't work. She stayed at home, although she did end up, as the years went on, she taught a series of classes on spiritual enlightenment and unfoldment. And she had actually done readings, spirit readings, uh, where people would come to her home from three states, Kentucky, Ohio, and Indiana. Uh, she had been written up in the newspaper uh, locally, had spoke to business and women's groups, and she just took off. I mean, she was doing really well. But at that time, the only source of income, because her husband worked, 
she, you know, she was torn. You know, uh, better to be with no one than the wrong one has always been my motto. But when you are, you know, dependent on someone for your home and your your income, and you're not a working person, and you haven't been for quite a while, uh, choices become more difficult. Uh, they were trying to reassure her that they were going to be there for her, and she was. She always felt so honored uh, and grateful to receive these messages and teachings and be a part of this work. And she would receive sometimes, you know, she would get a message for her and a message for me in a session. But on many times, she would there would be given two sessions in one day, and it would take three to four hours in each session. So she was really dedicating a lot of her time to this. Um, her husband didn't understand and wasn't really interested, to be honest. So it it all worked out. But they they were letting her know that that it was going to be okay, and that that she would be taken care of, and she was. And do you believe that that's the case with all of us, even when we're not receiving uh, messages that we can hear, see, you know? Um, yeah, intuit, whatever. I, I believe that's, that's that. Always the, yeah, uh-huh. Go ahead. I believe that everyone <clears throat> is directed in their mind, and incoming thoughts have a subtle feel in your mind. It's a different feel than a thought that we think. We can think anything we want. Uh, each of us have our own personal thought system, like a little mini solar system. We can decide what we want to allow in our thought system. And so many people will accept negative thoughts or negativity when it's not really part of their thought system, but they don't make the effort to reject it. And you have to recognize and reject those thoughts. And then you have the free will to accept or reject any advice or direction that comes from a higher source. I mean, we, we are spoken to. And I think people, if they if they can tune into that, like tuning in a frequency on the old radios where you'd have to turn the dial and finally get the strongest signal, if you can do that with your mind, establish a filter of protection. If you're gonna if you're willing to open your mind to receive, then establish a filter of protection. Establish your parameters, your boundaries, and say this is what I will accept and this is what I will not. And you're, you, you're not forced to accept anything that's not of a positive or nature, and it may not always be good news. They say that uh, God answers all prayers. Sometimes the answer is no. So it may not always be good news, but at least you will know the direction and the path that you're, you're supposed to walk. And we're all on a path. We're all walking a path in this existence. But some people wander off the path. They get distracted tangents and they'll take the long way around to get back to where they could have been much easier it's like well gee that that two or three years sure took me out of the way and here i am back where i started so it's just a matter of listening and paying attention it is um and the um the clients that i deal with are all people who have struggled tremendously and made tough made bad choices that they're not proud of uh, and they're suffering the the consequences of those decisions and and really um, kind of beating themselves up for those choices that they made and why did they make them and why did they stay and why did they do this and um, <clears throat> but those kind of 
thoughts are counterproductive to our healing. And so, you know, it it all comes down to um, a place where we love ourselves and stop resisting and trust and that things will open up. And, you know, and you were talking about um, the subtlety of uh, this information that we all receive. I do believe we all do. And it feels like a thought. It really does. For me, at least, it feels like a thought. But I can decipher the difference between my thought and that thought because all of a sudden it comes in. Or all of a sudden I know something I didn't know before. And that's not me. That's guidance. So, That's exactly right. Right. So we're, it's it's there for all of us. We just have to pay attention. And what I've noticed is the more I acknowledge that I'm here, that I'm, that I'm recognizing these teachings, the more they come. These spirit teachers, these, these uh, spirit guides that work with us, their joy is in our recognition of their existence. And when we can recognize that we're being spoken to. And if we act on it, if we accept it and make a choice, we're all a product of our choices. These spirit guides, spirit teachers can't do anything on this physical plane except through us. And they work through us uh, and help us and let us know that we're not alone. And you're exactly right. Normally, when you're not really thinking about anything, or if you've got something to deal with, you can ask. You know, it says, ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. Those, those, that information requires a positive action on our part. You can say, okay, just tell me what I need to do. Well, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> you have to, to want to know what to do, and you have to be willing to accept you know, whatever guidance, or at least consider the choices, consider your options. And you can ask, and you will receive. I, I'd like to tell the story. My dad had retired in Bradenton down in Florida, and I would drive down to see him many times, stay a couple of weeks, and I would drive straight through by myself. Uh, and I was driving through Georgia, radio turned off, not really thinking about anything. Speed limit was 70 on I-75. I had the cruise set on 80. They'll give you 10. They may not give you 11, but they will give you 10 normally. And a thought came into my mind, and it said, I'd slow down up ahead if I were you. I glanced in the rearview mirror, didn't see anything, but I reached up and touched the cruise control, touched the cruise and shut the cruise off, let the car coast down to about 72, topped a little rise in the freeway, and there sat a Georgia State Highway Patrol. <laughs> now, whether or not he would have pulled out at me at 80, like I said, they'll normally give you 10, and I would have tapped the brakes when I saw him, and you know, no traffic, straight line. They right. they, they see that you're paying attention, but just the fact that that I was advised and I was obedient. And once I got past him, I got out of sight, ran the cruise back up to 80 and continued on my way. <clears throat> and I believe, <laughs> I, I remember said, I said, thank you, Spirit. Thank you for that. And that was one of Wilma Jean's favorite expressions when she would be given a teaching or a message or, or information or advice, she would always say, thank you, Spirit. 
And one of the messages, I believe it's in volume two, one of the lines, these, these teachers would some just really deep, profound lines. They would end a message with a deep tagline or even a, a, just a beautiful last paragraph. And one of the lines in a message that I have posted on my public Facebook page about the book, it said, we hear the spirit cries above the words you speak. And that was a line that I've never forgotten. And explain that. Well, when we hear the Spirit cries above the words you speak, we know what you need. And even though you're not articulating it, even though you're not, you're not asking, and like you said, there are people who are not necessarily religious. They, they wouldn't think to say a prayer or ask for help. But the information is still given in whatever way they're willing to accept it. And the message that, and uh, where the message on her website, on my website, where the two spirit teachers moved in in the same session, the second teacher's message was about two pages, but the last paragraph was extremely profound. May I share this with your audience? Please, I'd love for you to do that. You are not as sheep herded here and there, but you are likened unto the lamb, that is cared for individually, nourished and loved until the full and total development allows it to be master of itself. So is man so kept and denied only those things that would not in the long run nourish his spirit. God is all-wise and loving in his dispensations. We are not to judge the workings of our Father, nor are we to judge each other. Work always to improve your own beings, for in the end time there lies your soul, with all the nourishment that you have given it, totally dependent upon the outcome of your intentions. Mm. That message was signed, your loving spiritual teacher. That's powerful. So um, you distinguish, or actually you don't really distinguish, spiritual teachers, angels. Um, Do you think that there's a difference? No, I really don't. I mean, I think that the difference is the perspective that people will approach this from. If you have a, a religious upbringing, a foundation of faith, then you've been taught all of our, you know, all of our lives. We've been taught about angels, archangels, guardian angels. People who are more spiritual in nature, they read and learn about spirit guides, spirit teachers, master teachers. I believe they're the exact same thing, just viewed from a different perspective. They don't care what they're called. All they care is that we pay attention and that we're willing to listen and acknowledge their existence, listen to their advice, and then make our own choices about the path that we walk. I have to think about that. (laughs) Yeah. um, You know, I never really uh, focus too much on angels, but I've had, uh, you know, several guests who read angel messages and, you know, communicated with angels and um, and really focused in that direction. But, you know, it's I always thought that they were two different things, um, that the spirit guides, well, do you think that spirit guides have incarnated at some point? You mean they've been promoted to angel second class? Like in no, the have they life? incarnated to this earth, this <laughs> To this earth school. Do you think spirit guides are, many of them have incarnated to a physical body at some point in time? 
You know, I really don't know. I, I can't speak. They are, they are awfully high teachers. They're tremendously just just the perspective that they have and the position that they seem to have on the, in their realm, in their spiritual realm, whether or not we evolve eventually. Um, you know, they say that uh, you know once you've if you believe in reincarnation, that once you've lived enough lives, that you don't have to come back as a physical being. But then whether you come back as a physical being on this planet or any of the other planets with intelligent life that may exist in the universe, no one knows. You just really don't know. Hmm. So these, um, in all of the messages and teachings that Wilma received over this 22-year period, with all of the signatures of the various spirit teachers that were given, none were ever given with the signature of your angelic host, your loving angel, your your loving uh, guardian angel. Right. None of them were ever given in all three volumes with an angel as a name. Hmm. Now, I would consider them, you know, they could be considered angels if that is your perspective. Right. Um, but they were, you know, like I said, they were signed, your loving spiritual teacher, your loving spiritual guide, and some of them are signed in plural, your loving spiritual teachers, your loving guides, some singular, some plural, but again with the perspective of a of a we, an our, and us throughout the message, like it's a group, like you had said at the beginning, it's like a group of teachers who have come together to present this message, and then it's signed by an individual. Right. And that's most of the time that's what I've seen, is that it's, you know, and, and when the person who has uh, channeled this information or received this information, this, this, um, these messages, when they ask who, who are you, they always say we're a, we're a group um, and usually identified by one name. So I find this very interesting that all these different people were coming in and identifying themselves as such as different. You know? It's like a collaborative effort. But there is a message, and I, I at this point here, I just don't remember if it's volume two or volume three. But there is a message that Wilma Jean had received, and this was one you know how you'd talked about um, that it was interesting that single space typed messages. She would hold her margin down the left side, type all the way to the right hand edge of the paper, and many times hyphenate when it wasn't necessarily grammatically correct, and on repeated single-page, full-page messages, the last word is, is so tight in the bottom right-hand corner, all you can get is a period. She has two-page messages like that. Wow. Where both That's pages incredible. end in that bottom right-hand corner. But there was a message that she received that, that she had the full, the full page, single-space typed, and was on the second page of the message. And about a third of the way down, she stopped and she said, who is the I and the we that is presenting this information? And they congratulated her for asking. <laughs> and they proceeded to give a definition of who they were. Wow. And it was like a three-paragraph definition of who the I and the we were. And it was really deep and involved. I don't have it in front of me. I don't have it off the top of my head. Okay. Um, but, but it's there. It's there. 
And it was just an amazing answer. And that the fact that she had finally, after all this time, had decided to ask, you know, who are you? Not where are you, but who are you? Who are you? And it it was uh, just some of the lines that said, we have been chosen. And I read, oh, it, um, at the I, and when you read these messages, like I said, so many of these messages and teachings are presented from a we, we, our, and us viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And there, every now and then an I will make himself known. Therefore, mm-hmm. I advise, therefore, I will assure, or there I will make, I will make known to you. And it really stands out, an I really jumps out at you when when it just suddenly appears. It's like, whoa, where did this eye come from? Yeah, so it's interesting. Uh, as we come down to the end, I want to make sure we, we leave um, a couple of minutes to talk about your own writings, the spiritual parchment prints, which are available All on right. the website at spiritspeaks.com. What are the spiritual parchment prints? These spiritual parchment, parchment prints are a set of three writings Two of these I wrote and take credit for, but I had uh, I had owned a satellite dish company. I did satellite dishes for a living. Started with the big dishes, and then when Direct TV and Dish Network came out, uh, I had installers, had a, a storefront, and did that for probably 20 years. And I had come home from work one evening and came upstairs to change clothes, and the words "greatness in spirit" came into my mind, and I knew it was incoming. And I picked it, opened a drawer and pulled out a tablet and a pen, and I started to take these words down. And I was taking, I was taking dictation. This was not me. May I share this message with your audience? Sure. We just have a few minutes, but, um, yeah, if you can do it quickly. Well, I'll tell you what. If we've only got a few minutes, uh, this, the spiritual parchment prints are available on my website, spiritspeaks.com. And I was also on a publisher's website where – I was. They were asking a number of questions about your work, and one of the questions was, "What makes your material unique? Why would anyone want to read this?" And I thought that was a really good question. I had never thought about it before. And as I sat where I'm sitting right now at my computer, I didn't really even ask. I just relaxed my mind, and this beautiful flowing answer was given to me, dictated word for word, as to what makes your material unique. I won't read the whole thing, but the first line was, the uniqueness of any material is in the manner in which it touches the soul. An open and searching mind pulls the soul and the body in which it inhabits onward and upward with hunger and determination in its quest for spiritual nourishment, ever mindful that the path upon which we walk is the path toward God. And then it went on a few more lines from there. And I take no credit for that. Right, and as a writer, I'm a writer too, and um, and I don't often take credit for anything because that just describes what I feel, um, exactly what I feel, is what's happening when I'm writing, and it's and I think it's me, you know, but I know it's not. Sometimes I'll go back and read over an article I've written or read chapters in my book and say, I didn't write that. Did I copy that from somewhere? Where did that <laughs> come from? Right, it doesn't sound like me, you know, and and I'm like, okay, wow, um, yeah, maybe I got that from somewhere. <laughs> well, that's where I got it from. But anyway, um, Michael, it's been so much, such a pleasure to talk with you, have you on, and um, 
Angel an Angel told me so. So all three version all three volumes are out currently or not? No, volume 1 is available now. Uh if they go if your listeners are interested, they can go to my website spiritspeaks.com and there's links to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Kindle, Nook. There's Wilma Jean's television interview with a sneak peek, a message from volume 2. They scroll down to the bottom of the website, they'll see the book cover with a two-paragraph description that I wrote. Uh, Wilma Jean's pictures on the front cover, my pictures on the back. Below that is a link to the public Facebook page with messages from Volumes 2 and Volumes 3 on there. Volume 2 should be out first of next year. Volume 3 I hope to have out by the end of next year. Okay. And your mom is a beautiful woman. You can just see the glow in her face. And and you actually have pictures in here, and I was looking at all of them. She's got that glow in every single picture. You she know? was a special lady. She sounds like a very special lady. Well, I'm so glad that I got to um, touch her in, through you. And the book is marvelous, and, um, you know, it's it's just something that just fascinates me. So I thank you for sharing that with me. I really uh, enjoyed the show. I hope you did Thank too. you, Randy. I appreciate you having me on. And I have never read anything that touches people on such a personal level. Even though these messages and teachings were not necessarily given to them, it, it's amazing how how people are touched. And as I explain this to a number of people just talking in general over the phone, people will tell me, they say, you must be telling the truth. I just got chills. Oh, Yep, that's what happens. Well, I hope you have a wonderful day. Um, I will be in touch, and thanks again. It's just been my pleasure. Thanks, Randy. Thank you for having on having me on your show and allowing me to uh, share this with your listeners. You are so very welcome. Have a beautiful day. Rest of you your too. day. Talk to you later. You. Bye. Okay. So we are out of time today, but if you have any comments or questions about today's show, you can email me at loveyourlife at randyfine.com. May joy and serenity always be yours. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Visit randyfine.com, R-A-N-D-I-F-I-N-E.com, and be sure to sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, and upcoming shows. Thank you for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.